a Lifetime original podcast. I think we need to get nicknames. I think that's really what's holding us back from going to the to the next level. Like, you know, I would I would be maybe we're cinnamon and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> OK, nope, we're going to have to get a manager on it. Somebody's got to put us in because that's no. I love a Lifetime movie. We come to this place for magic. Is that a dog or a baby? Well, the stroller is a serve. Were there other Filipinos? He was like, <clears throat> there weren't even tan people. I'm always like, is Crystal okay? Kurt Loader took me back. I don't even need you to believe. I just need you in a choir setting. A woman has never burned down a man's house and him not deserved it. <laughs> we were just like ecstatic. Like our dream is finally starting to come true. From the beginning, I knew that it was something special between the three of us. That's just what I truly felt in my heart. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey, joined after we've had a few weeks off. Honestly, I don't know what you all have been hearing. Have you been hearing us? (laughs) Have you been hearing reruns? Have you been hearing the voices in your own head, because that's where I am right now. I am thrilled to be reunited with my co-host, Naomi Ekperigan. Hi. Megan Gailey. It's so funny, you guys, because, you know, Megan, as always, she'd be looking stunning, face fresh. But because I know her now, I could tell she run down. She I could tell she tie-tie. And she, Megan is giving us a little bit less, honey, because she is a sick toddler at home. Yeah, I am. She's in it right now. <laughs> I actually just woke up from a nap. Because we have been woken up between 4 and 5 a.m. every day for the last three days, we're experiencing that first wave of daycare germs. And so, Mm. Naomi, you texted me about a show I think I was supposed to do last week. And you're like, was this show fun? I'm like, I had to cancel because Conrad's sick. And now he's sick again with a (laughs) totally different thing. Don't, And I don't know what either of them are, but... Yeah, that's where we are. We're also in the throes of a <laughs> industry shutdown. Naomi and I, you may think, wow, they're just pretty faces. We are actually yeah. both television writers. <laughs> <laughs> and right now we're not writing, but we are we're not, pick- no. We are picketing. Yes. Some of us more successful than others. I'm coming to you straight from honey. I came right in from Netflix. Picketing wow. outside Netflix. Got home at 2.43 for our 3 p.m. record. All right, came right and shoved a bowl of cereal in my mouth and said, let's do this, okay? I mean, look, as Megan says, you know, we're not just pretty faces, but I'll tell you what we also aren't. We aren't activists by no. nature. No. Neither of us thought we'd get in the community organizing game, okay? You don't, you don't join Hollywood because you want to toil. <laughs> you don't try to get into Hollywood because you want to walk in the hot sun. A yell. So you've been to mall. Okay, at this point, you've I we saw each other at CBS Radford. Now I've yes. been describing CBS Radford as the one for everyone who's a hundred years old, and I, <laughs> I I true that I I say that with love and admiration because these are the writers that actually made the incredible livings and now probably have <laughs> gorgeous homes in the Studio City, and they're out there with their sunscreen and their straw hats and their orthopedic shoes and their yes. Walker Texas ranger residuals and they are hitting the (laughs) pavement with us they are doing it they are doing it for us megan and the writers to come after us they said you know what yes i own property 
And perhaps if we pick it one day, you can too. They said, let's do what we can do. And there's no shade at CBS Radford. By no shade, we literally mean like coverage from sun. Yes. We don't mean as in tea and shade. No, there's Uh probably tea and shade. Um, There's no Weezer. There's no Imagine Dragons. (laughs) There's no celebrities. It is is you walking in a line to a cone and turning around. I really liked the vibe. Now, Naomi and Mabel said, this is not for us. Mabel is picketing no. more than my husband, if if we can really <laughs> be honest, and if the WGA is not listening. Netflix is the, like, cool girl. Ne- yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah. is the, the, cool the C and B scene. What, what, was the, what was the temperature today? So the vibe today, so today, you know, they're doing a lot of theme events. You know, the pickets, yeah. they're trying to really build community, get people to come out because again, you know, writers, we never planned for this. And I will say the turnout is amazing. The mood's electric for people considering, you know, like, you know, like, how are you doing? As well as I can while fighting for my rights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's kind of the vibe. And today, so we went in the afternoon. It was transgender nonconforming writers meetup. And so it was like young people, cool, community, loving energy. You know what I mean? Like, it was a really nice turnout. The trans movers and shakers. Yes. Someone did come up and was like, please enter your dog in our in our costume contest. Wow. I was like, well, she's not dressed. And I will tell you that we are now pushing Mabel in a stroller. Okay. Cause when you saw us, we had a wagon. That was too yeah. much. She's now in a dog stroller. <laughs> and the person said to me, well, the stroller is a serve. And I yep. said, thank you so much. But because I had to leave, I said, I can't enter her. And then, you know, she wins in absentia. You right. know what I mean? Who's going to accept on her behalf? Which is actually kind of a serve too. You know, whenever someone <laughs> isn't at an award show, you're like, wow, they do not care. A dog <laughs> stroller. How many means of transportation does Mabel have? <laughs> okay. You know, obviously including our own car. Uh, she's also have a wagon. Now she has a stroller. So she's really doing three. It okay. is. I never thought I would be this person. And yet also I've never felt more right as this person. This is my final form, my truest <laughs> self, to be pushing a dog in a stroller. You know, we were walking, literally someone said, someone's like, oh my God. And then they were like, I recognize Mabel first. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I understand. I She's understand accurate. <laughs> She's a celeb. She was a sighting for people today. And I said, good for you. I am bringing Conrad tomorrow Oh, nice. to... We were going to go to Disney, but I'm hearing Universal needs more people. But I don't know if there's shade by Universal. Meet me at Paramount. I know. <laughs> I know. It's tough. Paramount's out in an area that I actually don't want to be loose walking. And 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 I don't, I don't know. It, it just like, it's not. Disney, I'm like, yeah, Disney's I for know. the kids, maybe. Yeah. This is unrelated to the picketing. But Conrad and I were taking a walk the other day in our neighborhood. And I'm pushing him in his stroller. And a man yelled, is that a dog or a baby? <laughs> and I was like, it's a baby. And he was like, oh, okay. Okay, good. And and he was with a dog. So it's not like he's anti-dog. Right, right. I guess he's anti-dog stroller. But then it Absolutely. was like, I don't know what this changes for you. Because he was like, is it a boy or a girl? How old? It's like, those are... <laughs> Those are the same questions you could apply to <laughs> Mabel as well. Well, it's funny because you guys, Megan and I had the luxurious joy of doing a show together recently at Largo here in Los Angeles. And we did have some lifetime listeners come out. So yes! shout out to y'all. Okay. Y'all who came through. I met a gorgeous one. Oh, I wish I could remember her name. She was absolutely gorgeous. She said she came from over an hour away and she was masked. My queen. That's my queen. I wish I had met her. I know. A, a, a gorgeous masked queen. 
yeah. traveling from a distance. Thank you so much for coming. You know, Megan, I will always shout out on our socials when we're doing shows together, of course. And also, I'm uh, promoting each other. You, well, really, I really promote Megan. She don't be out here trying to spread my name. Uh, but I'll be out here reposting when a bitch is out here. I, ha- You know what? I have not posted about the Elite <laughs> show. You're right. I have not. Because I've been like, wow, I wonder if I'm going to do it. But then I see who you're asking and it's people that actually have fans. And I'm like, I do understand that. And then and then once I come to peace with that, then I forgot to actually promote. It's so funny because when you had your show, I said, well, Megan didn't ask me to do her show. And I said, I'm feeling some kind of way. And so Megan and I are both feeling some kind of way. We're both so insecure and yet so obsessed with each other. So it's like double sickness. Because Megan will be like, I haven't talked to you in 24 hours. And then I'll be like, well, I know you have a whole family and a life so that I don't want to bother. And so it's just we're both so needy and silly. I didn't want to bother you with doing Lyric Criterion. You know, like I was just like, I didn't want to. Listen, I'm going to need to call in a favor someday and I don't want to use it. On, <laughs> on that. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh my God. We are being children. We are being teenagers right now. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, in a way, I think that is fitting because the movie we're talking about today, it took me back. It took me back to my youth. I don't know about you. You guys, today we are talking to you about the documentary TLC Forever. All right? Yes, TLC one of the greatest groups of all time. Now, why we're doing this, it's a little different, obviously, you know, even though there is drama, there is intrigue, don't get me wrong, but we're actually kicking off Black Music History Month. Yes, y'all, this whole month, June, we are talking about Black women who changed the game. Did y'all know that TLC to this day is still the top-selling American female group of all time. Top-selling to this day. All right? And I feel like we're a little bit of that history because we were purchasing it. You know, like, I'm like, my dollars are... (laughs) My dollars are yes. factored into that record setting. Sometimes you hear like the Beatles stats and you're like, I wasn't alive, but like happy my mom was right. happy. But it's like, no, TLC and 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 what we see in this documentary of, of all of this sort of worldwide interest among millennials is, is because, yeah, yeah it, it really, it does like bring us back and watching this movie was, was nostalgic, but they're also still out there doing it, which is impressive and oh tiring. I mean true like truly I had no idea. I was like they are still not just doing it right but like grinding it out, doing the work. What's so great about the doc is we've got T-Boz and Chili telling their story. Okay? Like they're in it. It's not one of those docs, you know, where it's just like a bunch of little scraps of like found footage yeah, and then you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. are they here? How do they feel mm-hmm. about this? T-Boz and Chili are here. They're talking. They're telling us in real time. You can watch this Saturday, June 3rd at 8 p.m. only on Lifetime and A&E. Okay? Lifetime and A&E. You got two options. So you know what? We gonna get into it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
So I kind of went into this doc. Like, I'm going to tell you, like, I loved TLC. Absolutely loved. Their first album, Ooh, on the TLC tip, and that was 1992. So I'm not wow. even 10 yet. You're I'm going to tell you that. I'm not even 10 yet. <laughs> I've been trying, I'm like a full youth. And so maybe I came to the album a year or two after it came out. But like, I remember that being one of the first albums I had, mm-hmm. knew all the words. Like it changed the game for me. I was obsessed with them. And now I just need to know you, Megan. Of course, and again, like I'm growing up in New York, summers in Detroit. Obviously, right. TLC has taken over. What's going on in Indiana, Megan? What's going on with TLC? Were you aware? Were you interested? So I have a vivid memory of hearing Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls on the school bus on the way to elementary school. And the radio on the way to elementary school, there was always a lot of controversy about like, what what did your bus driver play? Now, out here in LA, these kids kids do not take buses. But like buses in Indiana, that was, the school bus was like, I mean, and, and it took me anywhere from, 20 to 45 minutes to get to my schools. Oh, God. In the morning. Like, that's a long one. Yeah, my elementary school was a magnet. My middle school, we had to pass two other middle schools. And then high school, I only took the bus a little bit. But it was like, you know, reverse busing. And we can get into the geopolitical of all that. But here's what's good. Okay. So it took me a little bit to get to school. And so we had a bus driver, Mrs. Kringle. And that is Santa's wife's name. Oh, my Lord, Mrs. Kringle. <laughs> and, like, I remember she played, I think at one point she was playing 94.7. And that season had uh, <laughs> this uh, show called Bob and Tom on it, which was, like, a comedy show. Comedians go on it. And then I think at one point the school was like, you can't play that anymore. <laughs> and so then, <laughs> then she was playing 99 and a half WZPL. And 99 and a half was absolutely playing pop hits. And uh-huh. when we were driving in the car with my family, it was like what my parents wanted to listen to. So we were getting like James Taylor and Andrew Lloyd Webber and like the big chill soundtrack. <laughs> but so we weren't listening to like pop music. <laughs> But then on the school bus, and so I remember hearing Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, and then someone being like, that's about AIDS. And when you are in what, third, fourth grade, that's like a formative memory. And then seeing the video, and I was like, whoa, this, it it blew my little Indiana mind. So you were on the cutting edge, and I, who, you know, I think I'm maybe two years younger, (laughs) which really- (laughs) You are, you are. Which really matters in in these elementary years, you know, like fifth to third grade, it's like we're strangers. (laughs) I was on the second wave of of TLC feminism. Yeah, 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 the second album. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the second album too, I think for a lot of people was that intro. Well, it's funny because I think also what I was like loving about them- is I loved, especially that first album, I love that they wore baggy clothes. I love that they dressed tomboyish because I was definitely that kind of girl too. So that really resonated. They have a song called Hat to the Back. (laughs) And I just like loved it. And it was like all about like wearing baggy clothes and that being their thing. But of course they're still like hot and gorgeous and cute. You know what I mean? Like I was like, okay, like I want to be you guys. I see myself in you. I think I realize now how gorgeous all three of them were more so than I did as a kid because as a kid I succumbed so much to like styling so it was like oh Uh okay if you dress pretty and you are being girly girl that is pretty and if you dress in baggy clothes then you are like hip hop 
but it's like, oh no, yeah. but their faces are pretty. Like, was I not looking at their faces? I don't, I guess I just like saw the size of pants and were like, cool instead of hot. But it was so early 90s. Like, do you ever, do you mm-hmm. know the brand Cross Colors? Like, there was yes. a brand called Cross Colors, and it was all about just like bright, big, baggy. It was the same thing with the, with crisscross, crisscross that boy yeah. group. They would right. wear the big, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, that was like the thing, but we saw boys doing it. So they were like the girls to do it. Exactly. But then, of course, it's true. It's like, you know, it's also like, I feel like sometimes it's like you have to be hot to get away with a real, a real baggy look. You also have to have like a pretty good body, too, because it's like, once you start putting baggy on, top of like the body that's baggy which is you know where I am right now then you've just got baggy on baggy but it's like you know you see the they've got baggy with six packs and it's like well what is happening there I know I know I know I will say this, the doc was full of surprises because again I'm coming at it with the with the childish version of me right but there was like information that I didn't know and the first thing I learned where I was like excuse me and also, the, I think this is also something that always sticks with me, you know, when you're kind of learning the origins of a group. That, you know, the group was initially Tion, T-Boz, Lisa, Left Eye, and Crystal. Yes. A girl named Crystal. Uh-huh. That's how we got our TLC. Okay? But then, Crystal, they were, like, not vibing with her. And one of the things that they said in the doc was, like, Crystal wasn't hungry enough. She didn't right. really seem like she wanted it the way Tion and Lisa did. And so then Crystal was gone. And I'm always like, is Crystal okay? Where's <laughs> yes. Crystal? How yes. does she feel? It's like it's like the girls who got kicked out of Destiny's Child. Like when you see a group that just gets so big and takes off, it's like, because there's no way Crystal didn't know. I mean, TLC has been everywhere for decades. Like, you know, do you think like Crystal like works in an office? Do you know what I mean? Right. And she's the C of TLC. I mean, like, she was the original C. I think, too, we were now coming from it as people in show business. And listen, Naomi and I, we've had some close calls, okay? Like, (laughs) we've we've had some moments where it was like, well, maybe we were going to be at the Emmys. And and instead, (laughs) no, we're at home. Uh, all the time. And, and, and so it's like, you feel, you go, am I a crystal? I was asking CJ last night, the NBA draft lottery just happened. And so uh, the Pacers did not win to get the first pick. So they're going to get the seventh pick. And in sports, they always say like a bust. Like if you draft someone number one, and then they don't go on to be LeBron or win a championship, like, are they a bust? And I said to him, I go, do you think I'm a comedy bust? Like it, it, it's oh, like, we're, we're no. Yeah. So we're putting our, we're putting like our insecurities onto yes. these scenarios that are n- yes. not apples to oranges, but a little bit different. Well, They're relatable. They're relatable. Yes. But it is like, you know, when friends of mine from home are like, oh my God, I saw your friend so-and-so is doing da-da-da. And you go, I know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> your gritted teeth. <laughs> so they were initially not even called TLC. They were called Second Nature. I, I love working titles too. <laughs> and then their manager said, you should be TLC. And this predates the 90 day fiance channel. And that's how a manager gets their money. You know, the branding. Yeah, that's how you earn 10%. 10%. That to me, that to me is actually worthwhile. It's actually <laughs> indelible. When someone says, let me build your brand. Why don't we shape this? I'm like, this is now I see now you can take 10% because you right now just hanging out. I don't really know. I don't really know. But when Crystal, Crystal wasn't the one and then the producer was like, okay, you should meet this other girl. Her name is Rosanda. 
And then they vibes with Rosanda, and Roz is who we know as Chili. And yes. this is what happens when they're trying to keep a name. Because, see, they already were attached to DLC, but now we got Rosanda. So they said, um, you're Chili. T-Boss says, you know, because her name is Tiana, and she's the boss. Left Eye says, you know, I is always right. Okay. And Rosanda says she's chilly because she has the mucho sauce. Brilliant. Bit of a stretch, mucho sauce. I thought mucho I... sauce was a little bit, they were like, how do we make this work? We have to keep it. Let's stretch it. I find this like branding to be so smart though. Cause it's like, you ask someone your name and you're like, Megan, you know, and they're like, we're TLC. And then they have like an entire song and jingle and thing to go with it. And you go, I'm yep. hooked. I remember these girls forever. Now, yep. Chili and, and she describes it in, in the doc, like, she came in and, and T-Boz was definitely giving her the, I mean, T-Boz is a tough nut to crack. Yes. I feel like she's a tough nut to crack even now, even after all these years. Yes. And Chili is very outgoing. She's a hugger. She's smiley. Yeah. She's positive. She's bouncing off the walls. And, and so even though T-Boz was like, what's going on? And was saying like, I don't know you. It's like, it, it was a perfect yin to the yang with all the three personalities because you need someone like that. If you've got two that are sort of like a little bit harder on the exterior, you need that like, I don't even want to say feminine, but like really. You need warmth. You just mean warmth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you need some warmth. Well, it's funny because like it felt like Lisa is a tough person, but an outgoing person. At, yes. at the end of the doc, my favorite line too is where like, if, you know, if Lisa was alive today, she would be the female Kanye. And I was like, I see it. I see it because she was out here saying stuff out of pocket. And didn't care what anyone thought. Yes. Yes. Now, I I don't know. I'm going to assume that when they called her the female Kanye, that was maybe before this last batch <laughs> of Kanye takes. But yeah, I I, I get with her because they were like, she did not care what anyone thought about her, which yep. makes someone an innovator and fearless and also like, well, what are they going to do today? Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, T-Boz grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, which for some reason shocking. shocked me. Shocking. There are some places where I'm like, but then I have to remember like, Des Moines is a city. As much as it's still Iowa, mm. it's still the city in Iowa. So I'm like, of yeah. course there are black people there. And of course there's like a ch enough of a black church where if you're T-Boz, you grow up and you learn how to sing. That's what I love about the 90s. Every single like famous singer of the 90s started in the church. Like every black singer was like, I was in the church. I was in the yeah. church. I feel like we don't hear that now. Now, the, now the, the kids are like, I was on YouTube. I was on TikTok. Exactly. I need you to get yeah. back to Jesus. I need you to get some Jesus. And I'm not even talking about religion. I just want you to come up singing there. I don't even need right. you to believe. I just need you in a choir setting to build your chops. Yeah. And a, a lot of children of like the head of the choir or like, I think t mm -hmm. was saying, oh, my mom was this amazing singer. And so then everybody was like, you must be able to sing, which is sort of what does happen. CJ was born in Iowa and I always oh, find God. that hilarious. But they, Marshalltown, tiny, tiny town. Oh God. How the hell did they get there? Well, his dad was a doctor for VA hospitals. And so he, he oh, kind okay. of got like a Little sign there. there. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, what, who were, were there other Filipinos? He was like, <coughs> there no. weren't even tan people, Megan. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was the Toledanos. And then everyone looked like a piece of corn. <laughs> so like, we got to get out of there and go to the safety of Erie PA. Exactly. Oh, Toledanos. I mean, Toledanos, you needed some, you need to get out of there. Get out of there too. Now I knew T-Boz had sickle cell. And this was another thing that was like, it's so interesting the things that you remember and what are touchstones because I have an aunt 
who passed before I was born who had sickle cell. She died of sickle cell. I have sickle cell trait and wow. like have some of the side effects of that in terms of like clotting and stuff. I had no idea. Yeah, so like so like I I grew up knowing what sickle cell was and knowing yeah. that it was dangerous and that's why we don't know Aunt Betty. And so T-Boz, you know, she was this public figure talking about like you knew that about her. She was open about it. She was talking about the disease and you see in the doc too the extent to which all the things she has had to do to be that level of superstar. You know, because sickle cell is no joke. It causes your red blood cells to sickle, hence the name. It affects black people, I believe only, if not only yeah. predominantly. But it's like, you know, we're talking pain in your joints. You know, you don't want clots in certain places. You know, it's it's very dangerous. And, it, and they didn't know, again, like my aunt died at 18. Wow. You know, when she was alive, no, they didn't know. It was like, and, and T-Bot says to her, they're like, you're not going to live, you know, past if you're 30. not going to have kids. Yeah, past they thirty. Like, past they 30. didn't know. They didn't know what they were doing. You know, now you, I think, you know, you can certainly live long and full life with sickle cell as T-Bot's evidence. But back then it was like, oh no, it's, it's not it. Yeah. It, it's definitely a disease that we don't know enough about because it only preys on black people like it's we definitely yeah. learned about it in school and then it was like oh mm -hmm. I don't think I and I did know T-Boz had it I remember learning about it in health class or science class at right. some point and then it was like oh then it I truly did not hear about it anymore and it's like oh it's not cured it's still right, happening right. And, it, and and the way she was describing it as as knives being stabbed into mm -hmm. her joints like it's like and and I've heard sickle cell used as a punchline before. Like, it's mm. one of those things that I don't think we take as seriously or know as much about because of the population that suffers from it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny, you know, because I think about, you know, me, it's like, I suffer from depression. I can't do half the shit I want to do in my day. Can I, could you imagine if my, if your body turned on you? Right? Like, yeah. T-Boz is like, literally like, because they're so young. They're young when they take off. They're young when the career happens. And so suddenly it's like, now you got to start touring, traveling the world, being in all these places. And then it's like, she's got to go to the hospital for a transfusion. You know what I mean? She has like three, four days. She has to, it's like, okay, we're about to go on a tour in a week. And, and what I like to, I think I love seeing how they were such good friends for real. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, with a lot of groups, most certainly it, it can be, um, I think also not just groups, but also the late 90s, like the girl groups, the boy groups, they were put together. It's manufactured. Exactly. The manufacturing of it all. Making the band an iconic show. O-Town. Yeah. O-Town, never forget. All right. So they were manufactured, whereas this, yeah, they were put together, but it's like, you know, you got this sense that they were like real deal family from moment one. Yeah. In the way, in the way that they love and fight too. Yes. So we learn a little bit more about Chili and... And Left Eye's upbringing. Left Eye was born to a father who's in the military and extremely mm -hmm. strict. And it really, like, the more you hear about strict parents, it's like, maybe you got to loosen yeah. up. Because it really does <laughs> lead kids to be like, oh, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Like, it, he he seemed extremely militant and absolutely like, yeah. what I say goes. And then Chili was raised by her mother and grandmother, and they were Seventh-day Adventist. And yes. I know I've heard that. 
and I know it's a wild one, but I did not know exactly what, like, what is their belief system? Well, this is the thing, because sometimes in my head, and I think it's like when I hear that, I always think it's Jehovah's Witness, but it's not. They're their own thing. So do I. Right. But I always know Seventh-day Adventist, the big thing is like Sabbath is Saturday instead of Sunday. So that's the whole thing. It's like they're in church on Saturday, going hard on Saturday. And the other thing that I rem- this stuck with me that I always thought was interesting is that they believe that like when you die, you're actually in an unconscious sleep. And then when God returns, he will wake up the quote unquote, wake up the true believers and yeah. then you go to heaven. So that's what I thought was interesting. So like, for instance, like when you die, they're like, uh-huh, yeah, we're putting you in the ground. Like it's not that idea of like you die and it's afterlife. It's like, we'll all go to the afterlife together in one go, which I was like, Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm looking up famous Seventh Day Adventists. And I, <laughs> I gotta be honest, none of these names are popping off the page for me. Like I'm like, yep, wait. Yep. Just just Rosanda. Just Rosanda Thomas. Oh my god. Okay, yes, I did know Utica. Utica from Drag Race was Race Seven Day Adventist. <laughs> okay. Okay. Had no idea. We love that fun fact. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I have to tell you, you know, in the dock, we see a lot of what we see is we see clips. Obviously, they had an illustrious career. We're getting MTV in its heyday. A lot of MTV clips. Oh, my Kurt Loader took me back. Like, I know. They, it, when I we were know. getting like MTV news, like the sound. And then even TRL, first, t- TRL now what? We're talking 20 years ago. I'm, I go, this looks like it was filmed yesterday. Like it really, like seeing Carson in Times Square, I'm like, yeah. oh yep, yeah, I'm, I just got home from school and I'm turning it on. And I told you, you know, I've, we've talked about me going to TRL after school. I would How go to Times Square, many stand times? there, okay? More than once, okay? That's crazy. And it was one time I went to class the next day and my teacher was like, Naomi, I saw you on TRL. What is your teacher doing watching TRL? Well, thank you. That's what I thought was so funny. He was like, I was flipping, but like, I wasn't in the studio. I was like outside. And so there's just like a point where they like, you know, pan to the people outside who were like screaming. And it was like, I guess I saw my face. I guess I got some coverage on camera so screaming on cool. TRL. And I was like, and then I was like kind of embarrassed, but I was like, yeah, that's what I do. You know, I want to be a star. I'm obsessed with pop culture. And it's so funny because I really was as a teenager and now couldn't keep up, couldn't care. It was something specifically about high school, middle school, high school time where I was like soaking it all in. And now I'm like, like, I was like, who? The Little Mermaid was already famous. Like, I didn't know she was already (laughs) famous. You didn't know Chloe Bailey? I I was like, her name, I didn't know where she came from. You know? Like, I was like, oh, has she been out here all this time? I have no idea. But I was, I used to be obsessed. You know who has to fill me in on a lot of my celebrity gossip news? My father. He's like, he, he, (laughs) we've talked about this, how like parents, you know, they all got Yahoo accounts. So he, he gets like Yahoo news updates. He calls it Mm -hmm. star trash. And he's like, oh yeah, Chris Pratt. And I'm like, wait, what is Chris Pratt doing? Like, Hey, I don't know who is dating who, like when Taylor Swift and that latest man broke up and it was like, they've ended the relationship after five years. I go, I have never laid eyes on this man. And like, I am. I am right in the realm of Swifties. I just, I, I, I just yeah. am not a Swiftie. But I was like, never yeah. seen this man, never heard of this man, and he's been with one of the most famous women in the world for five years. <laughs> and it's like I had time in the pandemic, you know, like it wasn't like, oh, I'm busy. Right. It's like I was at home on the internet, still, <laughs> shoot, faceless man to me. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's so funny. So we were talking MTV and the clips. Well, the clips, and because what we see is that like. 
we, what, we see the clips, of course, like any documentary, but what I like the most is that you see T-Boz and Chili and their manager, Bill, watching the clips. Yes. And you see them reacting to it, which I really liked. Oh, and they're holding hands. They're crying. They're in a movie theater. And so it is giving Nicole Kidman AMC, where it's like they're in this empty theater. Yes, yes, yes. We come to this place for magic. Yes. I always feel like, I walk into these kind of docs where I'm like, okay, everyone's going to be mad and sad and weird. Mm -hmm. And even though we know that they have dealt with tragedy, it didn't have that tenor to me. It mm -hmm. didn't have this tenor of them looking back or like trying to defend themselves or trying to overly justify things. Or point blame either. Yes, it wasn't that. This is more of a celebration. Yeah, definitely. I used to always watch that kind of stuff too, because again, like I have wanted to be an actor since I was a very small child. Mm -hmm. And so I would also watch that kind of stuff being like, I want to learn what this business is like. I was just like, it was, it was, I was just very curious as I'm like, how do you go from loving a thing to then being successful at it? But then I will say this, another surprise though. I didn't know that Chili was in a relationship with producer Dallas Austin mm -hmm. and that they, went on to have a child together. Mm -hmm. And then they broke up and still were working together. That's the danger. Because it's like, you're producing hits. Dallas is producing hits, right? right? Like a famous record producer where you're like, well, I guess we should still work with him. But then it's like, we are totally broken up and I don't really like you anymore. <laughs> you're having to co-parent, which I right. think co-parenting people do a great job and really put on a brave face. And I know people that yeah. truly hate each other and are like, for the sake of the child, Till they're 18, we're going to co-parent happily. And so, and then in addition to that, trying to work through that, they're also like, and now we're going to create more children together in the shape of music. And it's like, right? Oh boy. And Chili is so, Chili. So Chili was the one that I like wanted to be. Well, sure. She was the, she was the bodily one. Except in the, I will say this is my one problem with the documentary. Not once does Chili drop the skincare routine. Chili is out here not aging a day since 1992, and she won't tell us why. She won't tell us what she has done. I really want it. I, I want it more. I said, you need to get her in a confessional and tell us everything. And that is almost how I was watching the film. Like, in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking, what does Chili do? And my guess <laughs> my guess is she's vegan. And I ge uh, I'm guessing she probably does not drink. Because, like, huh, to, to mm -hmm. age that beautifully. There's got to yeah. be, it's like, oh, you're doing something that I'm actually not willing to do. And all I want to know <laughs> is what it is. So then I go, yes, I'm not going to do that. I ate McDonald's for dinner last night, you know, like ordered it <laughs> to my home, got a McChicken and a quarter pounder with cheese. So it's like, yes, I can't, I can, I can look at chili and go, why can't I be like that? And it's like, well, because I'd have to be vegan and never drink a sip of alcohol starting today. And I, I can't can't do it. Can't do it. Now, wait a minute. When, <laughs> before we take a quick break, all right, I do need to know the the, the question that I'm sure everyone wants to know. When you order McDonald's to the house, though, it's cold when it gets there, right? Well, here's the thing. So you got to know the closest McDonald's. And if, uh -huh. it's, if, it's, if it's 10 plus minutes away, it's not going to be good. We have no. a McDonald's that's like six minutes away. And then I always mm. order priority. I get, of course. Of I get course. priority. I know you guys are thinking two ninety nine. Well, I have been blessed with this podcast, and so I go. I'm going to splurge for that two ninety nine. And if it doesn't make it there in the time they say it's going to, you get the two ninety nine back. So it's kind of a fun little oh. gamble. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I didn't know that. And then we also have an air fryer. So I'm going to tell you my mm. McChicken and my quarter pounder with cheese, perfect, made with love. The fries. 
was not a fresh batch. And mm-hmm. I threw them in the air fryer and loaded them up with some more salt. I'm good to go. Okay. Okay. You know what? With that, with those words of wisdom, I think we're going to take a quick break, you guys. We'll be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, we back. More TLC, because trust me, there's a lot to unpack. Because, y'all, we haven't even gotten to one of the most iconic moments in pop culture history. Whew, you guys. Now, and this is where I think maybe there's a bit of an overlap, where I assume you must know who he is, Megan, because he was an athlete. Mm -hmm. Was when Lisa Lefty Lopez was in a relationship with football player Andre Risen. Yes. Were you watching sports at this point, right? Because it's like mid to late 90s, mid 90s. Yeah. Early I, 90s. I this was early 90s. I definitely was watching, but I really, I didn't know all the players' names. Like if he was on the uh-huh. Colts, I would have known who he was for sure. He was on the Atlanta Falcons. He was a wide receiver. I think they even said he was MVP. And wide receivers do, you know, a different air. They don't, wide receivers don't win MVP anymore. And they were Atlanta royalty. Now, I did find it interesting because we know Atlanta as Black Hollywood now. Yes, yes. And this documentary leads us to be like, TLC kind of popped Atlanta off. Like, they put Atlanta on the map. And so- I, there's a, you know, a Freaknik documentary just came out. Like Atlanta culture always was embracing and celebrating black culture. Black excellence in all its forms. Absolutely. Yes. But I don't think it was, I don't know if the industry was really there until all of these record producers and artists. Mm -hmm. And it it really seemed like TLC was the first wave of that. And so that's so fascinating to me because that has given way to not only other musicians and actors and the Tyler Perry's of the world, but also Real Housewives and Mm -hmm. Married to Medicine and love and hip-hop. Like, Atlanta is such a reality TV hub, too. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. I'm like, they were Atlanta royalty before there was Atlanta royalty. Because I think when you think about it now, all those shows you mentioned, you're like, those are the Atlanta royalty. Like, that's what we think of. Whereas, like, no, we're talking, like, 1993. This was not, you know, so, you know, for Left Eye, the biggest girl group, and they are, like, on top, right? The album is, that first album was big. So it's like, they are on top. He's Atlanta Falcons. And you say he's MVP. It's like, they were the ones to watch. Because sometimes these housewives, like, they'll be like, oh, they're dating a 
uh, like a Tennessee Titan. And it's like, honey, if I don't know them, then they're not very good. But it's like Andre Weizen, <laughs> he was he was he was the top of the heap. So it's right. like if you're at MVP, you know, we're talking the Tom Brady's of the world. Like this is mm-hmm. a it, there's a lot of professional athletes, not all of them good. I couldn't even find one that was bad to marry me. So for, for <laughs> left eye to be with an MVP, it's you know huge. And and the reason this relationship is so memorable to us and probably to a lot of you listening is because as it was just described in the film, it had many ups and downs. And volatile, it, volatile, yes. yes. It does seem like there was there was real love there, but there was also real conflict there. And one particular incident left I alleged that their interaction and altercation became physical and that he was doing stuff on the side and that he didn't like when, if she were to go out and, and, you know, a lot of double standards. And this is, this is all from her point of view, which was laid out in multiple different courts. And so she infamously lit his house on fire, which I, I find to be so the, uh, it's my favorite form of revenge. I used to do a joke about it. Like a woman has never burned down a man's house and him not deserved it. You know, like if you are <laughs> if you are going into the drawer with the lighter, like you are a woman who has been pushed to the brink. And it's it's she's not the only woman to burn down a house. I there was a athlete whose house was probably almost certainly burned down by his estranged wife in Indianapolis. Mm. I, it, I, you know, like I'm, I'm imagining the waiting to exhale when you see the car blow up behind. Yes, 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 yes. Takes all his clothes, put them in the car, burn them down. I mean, look, nothing will ever be as like for years. It was a shorthand with me and my friends because uh, TLC, they talk about this and they're behind the music. And there's a, there was a thing where I was like, turn on channel five, left out and burnt the house down. <laughs> yeah. And we would set, like literally we use it as a shorthand for like someone's done something crazy. crazy. You know, it would be like, turn on channel five, left out and burnt the house down. Or like so-and-so done burnt the house down. It's like whatever they're doing, like what that was. And it's interesting because, and again, obviously I'm looking back on this in the past, right? But to me, this is so this is one of those things where you're like before social media and after social media. Yeah. Because she did that. And in what I recall, and yes, she, you know, she obviously was arraigned, like, you know, whatever, but she kept her career. She was not vilified. She, I mean, it's almost kind of what you're saying where it's like, well, what did he do to deserve the house being burnt down? You know what I mean? Whereas I don't think that would happen now. I don't think that would happen now. There'd be no way. In the doc though, when T-Boz and Chili talk about it, they make it seem like it really ended up being like a stain on all of them. And yes, that the, which the I was media really painted it as like left eye is crazy. And like left eye right. is, is like this volatile, can't be trusted. And, and so I think you're right. But then I also think in the age of so- social media, it would also come out of like, well, what did Andre Risen do? And like, this was the 90s. That just wasn't the case. And right. it's it's the same way I felt when I was watching the Pamela Anderson documentary back. Like, just the way that the media talked to and about women has changed mm. so much. Is it perfect? No. But it yeah. was like, yeah, she was being called hysterical, crazy. Uh, the other right. two women got roped into it. Listen to this clip where T-Boz and Chili talk about sort of what it was like in the aftermath of this. The thing that was so crazy about it was if one did something, all of us did something. Or if she burnt the house, we all burnt the house. And it's scary because it, there were people that said your career is over. Lines didn't want us to wear their clothes. They turned on us like we all were the 
arsonist. And we supported Lisa and wasn't mad at her. And we took the hit along with her. Yep. We took the hit along with her. That was like mm-hmm. a lot. I think it was like that, you know, brands pulling away. You know, as you said, like that, yeah. you know, there were consequences to it. But I guess what I thought was like, you know, especially because like, these are black women. Right. We don't get a lot of chances to, to first of all, be big and then to make mistakes on a large scale. You know what I mean? Right. Like you'll get dropped real quick. You know, I think that that's where I do feel like cancel culture might be real for certain people. You know, that's where I'm like, oh, so the yes. fact is, I think what was huge. I don't know if any other group would have stayed together after that. The fact that they still continue to work and like be family and be like, I got your back, Lisa. Because I don't know. Because I'm like, if I was in a group with somebody and they did something like that and then it started to take a toll on like the bag, I would be like, I don't know if we could continue this. Yeah. The only other parallel I can even think of is what the chicks went through. And it was mm. it was Natalie Maines who who yes. like made such an innocuous comment in London at a at a concert. And then Marty, I forget the other third chicks, the, the two sisters, it, they were like, we were just holding our violins and <laughs> our, our, <laughs> our accordions. Like we didn't even say anything. And then and then, you know, there were death threats and it really like mm-hmm. sent them spinning. But I I think. In in especially TLC's instance, it's like they knew what that relationship was like, and yeah. they knew that yeah. it was volatile and mm-hmm. and could be physical. And so I think it's like, well, how are you going to abandon your friend that was truly just at her breaking point? Right, right. That's true. That's true. But it's just it it is just a testament to the family of it all, right? The sisterhood, because. Again, as compared to so many manufactured groups who don't make it through. First of all, they never make it past the first album, let alone like through Left Out and Burnt the House Down. Yeah. And then to, and then, and this is what was wild to me in seeing this because it get, you know, the way time can be muddy where I'm like, oh, the house burning down happened before Crazy Sexy Cool. Shocking. Shocking. I said, what? They've only been out here like two, three years? Yes. That was like, I that said- was, then they popped off. And like, then. Even, as, even as we see some of in the interviews, she honestly had kind of a sense of humor about it. Like there's this one interview I'm remembering in the doc where she's like, well, and you know, we've been through sickle cell and burning down houses. And like, they, <laughs> they were, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, and then it got bad when they ended up doing that cover of Vibe magazine. And I'm saying, I'm not putting bad on it. I'm saying, like, the world's reaction to it. So they do the cover of Vibe magazine, and they are dressed as sexy fire women. And everyone was like, this is in such poor taste. How could you do this? And they're sitting there with their with their manager and he's like them even having those costumes there was it was too tempting but they were like it was them setting you up it was them yeah. setting you up and i would have done it too i would have done it too you think so it's funny because i'm like i but i could also see the way that like because they were like there were doctor costumes there was whatever right so i'm imagining like a village people array and like <laughs> the only thing that was remotely cute was the fireman right because you can kind of do a little suspenders of with like course. a bra underneath or something because i'm like yeah if you put them in like doctor what is that we're all in lab coats like no one likes that so I could see that being the it, the impulse where it's like, they did that. And maybe it wasn't even set up as much. Let's see if they'll wear it. No one's going to make them, but let's see. And then they did. But they then to hear out. them tell it, they were like, T-Boss and Chili were like, I didn't even think. Like they yeah. didn't think, like they weren't trying to be winky or a nod. No. And, and I guess part of the reason too, that burning down a man's house is something enjoyable to me. It, it really feels like a victimless crime. Now, do I want the neighbor's houses to be affected? No, but we are talking about a, NFL contracts were not what they 
are now back then, but a very rich man. Do you think he was not able to afford another mansion? No, he was just fine. Like, it's like, yeah, he had insurance. <laughs> the house got rebuilt. It was also like such a pretty house, like massive too. And you see these shutters, like you're almost watching this like French chateau style home burn in a Shakespearean type way. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss it. I miss those days. <laughs> But they come, they, honey, but you know what, honey? Like a phoenix rising from the ash of that burning down house. We've got Crazy Sexy Cool, the next TLC album, okay? Number one in the game, okay? They're bringing us creep. And I felt like this is grown-up mm. TLC because the, the video for creep, they're like, they're giving us baggy silk pajamas, but oh it's my silk God. pajamas. Oh, my so God. So it's like sensual. And I said, okay, they're grown-up girls now. They're grown-up girls now the wind machine oh yeah yes. I, can, like, and I see their bottom like they're oh, it was just too much it was too much i know they're showing their six packs i said okay tlc said we're gonna let you know what's underneath these baggy clothes and we all wanted it so first creep then i mean waterfalls as we've already said and i feel like waterfalls was the song Everybody knew it. Your grandma yeah. knew Waterfalls, yeah. okay? Yeah. I have to tell you, there are many a bar and bat mitzvah where Waterfalls would come on. They'd get the DJ to give me the microphone so I could do the rap. Now, do we love that in hindsight? No. No, we don't. But back then, sure. My party <laughs> yeah. trick, my claim to fame. I'm the one black girl in the room. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah, if you were reaching for the mic, but if they were just like, Naomi knows it. That's what it was. It was Naomi knows it. And I said, all right. Yeah, and... And it put them on the map, but then for them to go on to also do No Scrubs after this. Like, Waterfall's so huge. No Scrubs, even bigger. Well, this is the thing. They can't stop, won't stop. Every song is a hit. They win all these Grammys. And as you said, like, Waterfall's is talking about AIDS at a time when it was still so taboo and not being talked about. There was not any of the managing medications Right? Like, it was a big deal. No, and it was, it, the way it was talked about was it was like, that it was deserved. You know, that it was like, right. oh, because of this lifestyle, this is what's going to happen. And Left Eye was, and and I really remember Left Eye wearing condoms, like, on her eye. And that being like, oh, my God. That's really like, a that was like a culture war thing of a lot of yeah. pearl clutching of like, <gasps> she's, and it's like, condoms are actually Great. You know, like she was pushing right. safe sex. Like that is right. now, right. you know, we know there's people in this country that abstinence is what they think should be taught, but it's like safe sex is not taboo. That's good. That is what you should be teaching young black people and white people. Young people. Everyone needs to know it. And so the fact that like, to me, you know, they have this song and then for them to make a video that was so overt, right? The video was overt, like, this thing, like, if you didn't know what we were singing about, here's what we're singing about. It was like a film. It was a it was a true music video film in the era of when music videos. Oh, that's what that's what that's what made that song really blow up was the music video. Well, and then they win all these Grammys and everything. And but then at the same time, and this is my other thing I loved about them, again, being so open about the finances of it all. But when you factor in all the things that we have to pay for before you know it, you're down to 50000 a piece. I'm telling you, I could do that math to this day. This is why we're picketing. This is why we're picketing. Yeah. This is why we out here and this was happening. I mean, mu I think music was, they were being done dirty in music well before we were being Absolutely. done dirty in, in film and television, right? Yes. Like, it's crazy. And it's also like, 
why when people try to throw money like numbers around i always say numbers to my manager she tells me something i always tell her the amount that i get after everyone's taken their commission do you know what yeah. i mean like she'll be like you're getting paid five and i'll be like oh 3500 this is why i manage my money this is why i be getting all you make it i said megan keep a damn spreadsheet get your money together okay before you know, know it, you do a fifty thousand a piece. I know, and left I taught it to you, and you taught it to me, and I it, I haven't fully learned it. Okay, so then they go on to do no scrubs. No scrubs was the it, still to this day probably biggest song in my life. Like it, I'm I'm like remembering my friend Jamie. Like all we we would play it one thousand times, and we were so <laughs> obsessed with it. Like on vacations, in the car, at each other's houses, like. It really, the first burned CD I ever made, No Scrubs was the first song. Like, it's so memorable. It it transcends any time. It was so big. It had, it had like a, an answer song, No Pigeons. Was it No Pigeon Heads? (laughs) I mean, No Pigeons. I mean, the first clap back. You yeah. know, what we call a clapback, that was a full-on produced song in response to the most popular group of all time song. That's how big that was. Now, you know who wrote No Scrubs is a former guest of this podcast, the one and only Candy Burris. Well, come on now. We know it. Candy Burris. I mean, talk about black music history, but yeah. Candy Burris is. Absolutely is. Now, Another surprising fact, another surprising fact from this movie, which I was like, why did I not know this before? Why is no one telling me about it? T-Boz has a vegan burger joint called Gab's. Good ass burgers. Y'all, y'all, any listeners, if you have been to Gab's, you have to tell us. You have to tell me. You have to tell me how it tastes. You have to tell me if it's popular. I need to know it all. Okay? Because I'm obsessed with this. I also think, here's my thing. I like a vegan burger, but I do want real cheese. Okay. That's that's the line I draw. That's the line I draw. I'm not here for fake cheeses. Fake cheeses. I mean, what are you really eating? Texture? No. Yeah. You're getting a texture. But I want to go to Gab's. If you've been to Gab's, you have to tell me. Yeah. I'm on the website right now. They also have a food truck. So it's like, I don't. Did we miss an opportunity to have that at your wedding? (sighs) Okay, wait. Do we get Gab's for a picket line? Yeah. You know, they keep having food trucks in the picket line. Yeah, because sometimes. Okay, so it's the it's in Atlanta. I was hoping it was here in L.A. So we're going to have to go to Atlanta because then we can go to we can go eat at Old Lady Gang, which is Candy Burris's restaurant, too. Ooh, what if we do a Black History Music Month themed (laughs) Atlanta trip? And we go to these places that are owned by these people. If you're willing to go with me, <laughs> that's so kind of you. We can go to, a, uh, we can go to um, the Falcon Stadium. <laughs> well, you might have to go to the stadium by yourself. All right. All right. What if we go see a basketball game, the Atlanta Hawks play? <laughs> oh, that I could do. That I could do. Yes, yes, yes. They have a guy in their team named Trey Young, and he has, Con- him and Conrad have the same hair. Like, just like sort of like <laughs> fluffy receding. <laughs> <laughs> fluffy receding. Oh, my God. Now, though, after fan mail comes out, this is when things start to change for the group. And I'm going to say this. This, for me, you know, this is kind of the beginning of the end of my connection to TLC in terms of, like, knowing their music. Do you know what I mean? And, like, being, like, clued into everything that was happening in their lives because I used to be obsessed. But... You know, this is also when Left Eye is starting to pull away. And this is what can be tricky, right? Because Left Eye is the rapper of the group. But not every song has a rap or needs a rap. You know what I mean? So I think there is this struggle to be like, where do I fit in with the, like, 
how much am I doing? And also like, okay, I get one verse a song, maybe. Yeah, of course you're probably going to feel like I have other interests and I want to pursue, like, do my own album and stuff, right? Because, like, you're not getting it all out in that context. Yeah, and this was before autotune was used all the time. So they couldn't just, like, be like, okay, well, you're a singer now, which is what they do now. It's (laughs) like, oh, you can't sing? That's fine. We'll make it work. Which, like, hello, call on us. I would love to be a singer. So, yeah, she was searching for her place. I think she didn't feel like she was connecting creatively what they were doing. She was also still going through some of her relationship and personal issues. And so she went to Honduras to a place that she had been before. A healing center. It's like a retreat. Yeah, like a retreat type place, you know, an eat, pray, love type of place, okay? Mm -hmm. But in Honduras. And tragically died there in a car accident, which... I absolutely remember that day. It like brings back when Aaliyah died. This was our first JFK. This was like yeah. our when JFK died, like for our generation. It sounds, I mean, it sounds dramatic, but in terms of like, and if, especially you and I talking about, you know, the MTV, MTV of it all, the TRL of it all. Like I remember the announcement. I remember yeah. it on the TV screen, you know, and how it was like, oh my God. this And she was only 30 years old, right? 30. So it's also like so young. And a car crash is so, like, especially for T-Boz to be someone who is chronically ill. And mm-hmm. and as she, even in the doc, she's like, I almost died that year. Like, she was going right. through health issues. And a, and a car crash or some a tragic accident is so sudden and so unexpected. And for it to happen to a young person who is on a path to better their lives and better the lives of people around them. It's just, I mean, they show footage from the funeral and it's such a massive outpouring of grief and fans and family. And then they also have this clip of them being interviewed on the phone and they must have just found out. On MTV News. And it's not Kurt Loder, the other white guy. Sorry, that's how I know him. As a not Kurt Loder. They are like scream crying they are hysterical and it's like why are they doing this interview right now but it's like what it was to be a pop figure where people i mean still now meaning like what it is like where it's like people just assume you have that they are entitled to you like i'm like yeah Yeah. nobody should have been bothering them no one should have been talking to them no one should have called them that day but it's like and and even the guys like they're sobbing and the guy's like Best of luck to you. It's like it's like this. Like who made yeah. him do it? I bet he didn't want to have to talk to them. No, it's like no, no, too no, no, uncomfortable no. to talk to someone on that day. To make matters worse, they the the record label said to them, you know, you're due for another album, so you need to get in there and make us another album, or we're gonna release a greatest hits. And they were like, we weren't at the point to have a greatest hits. Yeah, they've only had two records. They only have two records at that point. So what do you say in greatest hits? It would just be those two records again? Just listen to them talk about this time. After Lisa passed, the record company said they were gonna put out a greatest hits if we didn't finish. So we kind of felt forced to go back into the studio. And it wasn't time for a greatest hits. No. But what do you say? like? If, if you don't come out, we're just going to do whatever we want with your career. That couldn't happen. So I hate this idea that, like, it's a business. And, and people will say this yeah. to, to us when things are done in an inhumane way. It's a business. Oh, it's a tough business. And it's like, yes, it is a business, but it's also filled with people. And at some point, you have to defer to the humanity of it and go, 
Why are we making these two women make music right now? Unless they want to. If they want to make music as part of their grieving right. process, oh my gosh, we'll, we'll support them. And if they want to put it out, great. But to be like, all right, up and at them, time to work. Like, that's not okay. Well, it's also too, because they have to use raps that Lisa's already recorded in the past yeah. and figure out how they might fit in with the song. So it's also that too. It's like, you know, why we pick it? These corporations don't care about people. They want to just drain you dry of all the money they can get from you. And we already know they ain't even got that much after everything they went through. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like to do that. And so I can only imagine you're grieving someone who's dying, but then you're also having to hear them like hear them rap you know what i mean in your ear and they talk about that they talk about doing shows where they have like footage of her a big screen of left eye behind them right and she was like i could not look back i knew if i looked back at the screen and saw her i would break down yeah and you're like on stage having to do that and so it was like crazy so they put out this album and i will say i fully forgot that album that album yeah. didn't register to me right mm -hmm. like and that was this is where sort of that feeling of because this is what's so hard. T-Boz and Chili are out here. They're alive. They are creative. They are wonderful performers, wonderful singers. They want to put things out. But they are known as this trio. And that trio doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And and they talk about how, you know, after the album, I was like, kind of the industry forgot about them. But I feel like I remember as a fan of them, it was very hard to engage with their music and look at them and not think about Left Eye Dying. Like, meaning I don't even know her. And I felt, you know, that parasocial relationship, that connection you have with a performer, an actor, a musician, where you feel attached and then they're gone. And so it was hard to listen to them, their music or see them without her and not think about, oh my gosh, she died. Oh my gosh, she died in a car crash. Yeah. And I think that that's something that like a lot of fans and people didn't know what to do with. Probably, at least. And even just then, the next step is, oh, my God, I wonder how are they doing? Like, it just sort of <laughs> consumes your thoughts when you see them. It's where your brain goes. I know. Well, speaking of where your brain goes, okay? Because I said it's already, like, in this, another thing I didn't, I did not know until this documentary because I've already, you know, again, at this point, in 2007, y'all, T-Boz was diagnosed with a brain tumor. What? I said, if y'all don't leave T-Boz alone and let her thrive, she's already battling sickle cell her whole life, manages to be a top-selling musical artist. Has two children. Two kids, two kids. Which they said she would never be able to do, wasn't going to live past 30, and now has a brain tumor. We'll let you hear it in her own words. He said, in case something goes wrong, and I can't save either your hearing, your face, or your balance, Give me the order that you want to save yourself. This industry is about your face, your voice, your dancing. That's my whole job. So they took my balance. I saved my face for the most part. And my hearing only lost 3% at the time. Can you imagine? These are the things where I just like hope in my life I never have to have that conversation with a doctor. And she's rich. You know what I'm saying? Like she's a famous person, which means she's getting the doctor who knows what they're doing. Yes. And has seen things. And that doctor is still saying, you're hearing, your face, your balance, pick one. Yeah. And it's interesting, at, like at the end of the doc, we see as they're prepping for Glastonbury, the music festival, which is sort of 
the culmination of the doc. Her hematologist is just there on set with her, and I loved him. He even gets a he even yes. gets an interview, and it's just like this <laughs> old white man who's probably the best hematologist in the world. And right. you do you do think like, oh, what if she was not rich and famous? There's no way. Mm. She would yep. have any access to this hematologist, but I'm I'm so happy. And they seem to have like a genuine connection too. Like it's yeah, the same yeah, with their manager, friends, who's just this like yeah. old white man that you're like, oh, they, they've built like a community around them of doctors and, and people that they need to survive. I was ready to not like Bill, manager yeah. Bill, who they call Billy D. I was like, I was ready to not like Billy D. And then I see him like holding T-Boz's baby in the pool. And oh I said, bless him. He's family. They're family. They're on vacation. They're family. We love Billy D. He's keeping these women afloat, rebuilding them because he got with them too when they're like in this transition. Like, what are we gonna do and how will yeah. we, you know, regain? Where I was like, you know what, Bill is a real one. Bill is a real one. My favorite part of the doc was seeing Chili and T. Boz's moms, and the footage <laughs> is so sweet. And Chili does open up about having an abortion at a young age and how it was so devastating for her. And so then when she got pregnant again, she was like, I am having this kid. And you, you, in their own words, they, they both are like, we were present moms too. So to be these yeah, famous yeah, yeah, women yeah. who are now raising these children, T-Boss was like, I was not going to miss a thing. So if it came down to music or my child, I was going to pick my child head and shoulders. And that right. I think so much of being like a working mom, especially in the entertainment industry, that's really like, I would say frowned on where it's like, you know, I was yeah. back up working on this pod with stitches dissolving in me. And, and some of that's because <laughs> you don't feel like you have a financial safety net. And some of that is just the pressure of like, I'll be forgotten. If I don't get back to work right away, right. there's 1000 other Megans out there that can do what I do. And so it did, it like honestly made me stop and be like, Am I spending enough time? What are my mm. actual priorities? Now, they'd obviously accomplished a lot more when they had children, but it <laughs> seemed like them becoming moms meant more to them than anything else. And then it made me sad of Left Eye's death again because I was like, I wonder if that was something that she had wanted to. I know. I mean, it was... What's also wild though is because, you know, they've gone through all of this and, you know, especially T-Boz with, you know, her brain tumor, she had surgery to remove it. It took her three to four years to fully recover from that. And so, as Megan said, this documentary, it leads up to them performing at the Glastonbury Music Festival in 2022. So also, again, this is like all very, you know, fresh. This is a very like, you know, fresh doc. And to see see them getting ready, you know, the, in the pandemic. And I said, you know what? I bet T-Boz got everybody wearing masks. You know what I'm saying? Because T-Boz has, so she said, she, so people were masking. They're like doing choreo, preparing everything. Yes, they're dancing, like body rolling in masks. I love that. Yes. <laughs> they're like giving their all. And they had 200,000 people, you know, watching them perform. And it's like, you know, to think, right? That, that first album in 1992, here they are in 2022, 30 years, still selling out, giving us in like, you know, main stage, international. They said it broke the record of that stage at Glastonbury. Yep. And it's a really amazing moment. And you can tell it's, it's emotional for them too. It also did make me go, oh, I'm never going to a music festival ever again. And I, <laughs> and I already knew that. But my yeah. Megan Lollapalooza days, they are over. Even if I were to ask, to, and we have performed at music festivals. And when you perform, 
You not we are not body rolling and singing. We are doing our little ha ha's. We're in the comedy tent where people just come when they're like too thirsty yeah, or, or raining, like wasted to stand yeah. up. And so we're being driven around like in golf carts. We've got lanyards. We've got food, and even that, I'm like, oh, this is hard. So the I mean, these are fans out there, just white girls stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I know, I know. But also at the same, it's like I I. I don't like festivals. I don't like large groups. I never have. But I was like, oh, it is so true. Like when you have a body of work, when you have these albums that have hit after hit after hit on them, where it's like, they could play the old songs forever. Yeah. And I think people would be happy. Absolutely. Let alone making new music. You know what I mean? And like, they obviously continue to do that. But I was like, they could literally just play their first three albums. You know what I mean? Just rotate. Just like tonight, go on a, like, and, and obviously they've been traveling and touring the world and all that, but it's like, they have a hit after hit they could do. And like, that is a testament to their skill. That is a testament. It's also what I envy about musicians is that they really don't need to make new music. Now, meanwhile, if I do a joke that's two weeks old, I go, people go, next. We're out here trying to create (laughs) constantly. I'm like, okay, I got to write all this Disneyland material like a damn it. <laughs> it was great. It, you know, a lot of times we watch these movies on 1.25, like a one and a quarter speed yeah. or one and a half speed, just because we're scholars and we're busy and we got to get through it. This, I, 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 and I was like, and I wasn't in, I was in like a rush, 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 Con- Conrad is sick. I'm going through it. Da, 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 da. And then I just settled into my bed and I said, no, we are going to eat this weird chili I made. I made chili. <laughs> I made chili. <laughs> I didn't even do it on purpose. Chili for chili. Chili for chili. Megan was ready. That's what we say you should do. Make a bowl of chili. I was eating vegan chili. Actually, Well, no, there was cheese. So I was eating vegetarian chili with some cornbread while watching TLC. And it wow. it really soothed my little 90s soul. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. This one really it took me back. And you know what? Next week, we going back to and we're continuing the girl group love with salt and pepper. I'm ready for this one, okay? Now, y'all, this Lifetime biopic follows the story of Queensboro Community College students Cheryl Salt James and Sandra Peppa Denton as they fall into the world of rap. The iconic group Salt and Peppa became one of the first all-female rap groups in hip-hop, and their unapologetic lyrics and boisterous personalities changed the genre forever. I'm telling you, this is going to be another one, another trip yep. down memory lane. Cannot wait, all right? And I think we need to get nicknames. I think that's really what's holding us back from going to the to the next level. Like, you know, I would I would be maybe we're (laughs) cinnamon and sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. nope, we're going to have to get a manager on it. Somebody's got to put us in because that's no, 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 no. no. We're workshopping. That's a working title. Listen, sometimes you got to put out an idea to lead to another idea. Absolutely. Now, with the Salt and Pepper movie, there is only one way to hear about this film, and that is right here on this podcast. That's right, honey. This is not available anywhere else. So catch next week's episode to get a glimpse into the humble beginnings of Salt and Pepper. Don't miss it, okay? Cinnamon and Sugar, we'll see you next week. Bye, scrubs. <laughs> I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two 
Amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by The Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? (laughs) It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. Copyright 2023 A&E Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved. (laughs) 